Well, good evening. We're so glad that you could join us in this Christmas Eve service. I want to direct your attention for a few moments to Luke chapter number 2 and beginning in verse number 25. It says there at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. And then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. In this scripture that we have just read, we learn that Mary and Joseph make their way to the temple with their newborn son. Every mother went to the temple after the birth of a baby for ceremonial purification And if it was a boy, to dedicate him to the Lord. There they encountered an elderly man named Simeon. We don't know what Simeon's occupation was. We are not told if he was rich or poor. What we are told is that he is righteous and devout, meaning that he was in a right relationship with man and a right relationship with God. What we are told is that he eagerly awaited the promised Messiah. God had given him a promise that he would, with his own eyes, see the Messiah. Now, we don't know whether that promise was made when he was a young man or when the promise came when he was much older. We do not know how long he had been waiting, how many days How many weeks, how many months, how many years he had been faithfully going to the temple expecting, hoping that today would be the fulfillment of that promise. The people in those days apparently did not live with much expectation in their heart for the coming of the Messiah. From the reaction that we see with the religious leaders, we know that they were not really looking for him. But one day... After years, perhaps even decades of looking, Simeon made his way into the temple. Simeon saw this couple with a tiny baby just over a month old, but somehow the Holy Spirit set off alarm bells in Simeon's head. We have no record of the conversation between Mary and Joseph and Simeon, but there surely was one. One doesn't just walk up and grab a baby out of a mother's arms, not then and not now. So no doubt, Simeon approached 
this couple and introduced himself and asked, May I hold the child? Against the backdrop of the, the magnificent temple, he takes the baby in his arms and he immediately knows this is the one. Can you imagine the look on his face as he suddenly realized beyond a shadow of a doubt that this baby was the fulfillment of his personal promise from God and of God's promise for a Savior? His eyes may have been dimmed with age, but he was still able to see that this baby was different from all the hundreds of other babies who had been brought into the temple by their parents. Immediately, Simeon praises God for this gift, for this new life. And cradling the Son of God in his arms, he addresses God the Father. Here in his arms is the one who will save all people from their sin. He sees that this baby is the salvation that God has promised his people and that he is a light to reveal God to the nations. Now that he has seen the fulfillment of the promise of God, he's ready to go. He's ready to die. He has faithfully and patiently waited for this child. And he could see that the salvation of God, which had been promised, was arrived. But in spite of his obvious joy, Simeon then speaks to Mary and speaks of a coming gloom. Simeon predicted in verses 34 and 35, this child is destined to make many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Those seem to be strange words. Amid the joy of Christmas and the celebrations about the birth of this child, Simeon speaks of opposition, of falling and rising, of rejection and suffering. Is that really appropriate language when parents are so full of hope for their newborn child? The sword that will one day pierce Mary's heart with pain and sorrow inches nearer and nearer and nearer until finally she experiences that through the rejection that she sees of her son at the cross. Simeon's message of pain and conflict contrasts with the joy and delight of the arrival of a new baby. Christmas is about a God who loves us so much that he becomes one of us. He is born among us. He looks like us. He feels as we do, and he lives and dies like us. There is a side to the Christmas story that is not often told. Those little hands fashioned by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb were made so that nails might be driven into them. Those baby feet, pink and unable to walk, would one day walk up a dusty hill to be nailed to a cross. That sweet infant's head with sparkling eyes and eager mouth was formed so that someday men might force a crown of thorns upon it. 
that tender body, warm and soft, wrapped in swaddling clothes, would one day be ripped open by a spear. The truth is Jesus was born to die. Simeon says this child, Jesus, is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. This prophecy is an acknowledgement that many people in Israel will not accept Jesus as the Messiah. They will be offended by his birth in a stable. They will be offended by his death on a cross. And they will be offended by his insistence that only through his forgiveness can one rid themselves of sin. And only through him can they attain a place in heaven. On the other hand, he says, many will be comforted by him. They will see in him God's offer of love and forgiveness. In the Gospels, it is clear that the death of Jesus was in view before he was even born in Bethlehem. It was a part of the divine purpose and plan for him from the beginning. We have a hint of the cross and the words that were spoken by aged Simeon to Mary when he said in verse 35, as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. There is an element of sadness in Simeon's blessing, for this baby will die. He must die because of our sinfulness. He will die for our salvation. For us, his death on the cross gives us an even greater reason to rejoice. We have a Savior who loves and died for us that we might be forgiven of our sins and have a place in heaven. The challenge for us is to take this Christmas joy that we now feel with us, not only through this season, but into and through the coming year. No matter what we face in the coming year, we can have the deep and abiding joy and confidence that we know that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He is God, and he is with us every step of the way. As we prepare to pass out these elements, I would invite you to remain in a state of worship during this time as we uh, pass these elements out. Be mindful of why we do this and in remembrance of what Jesus did here on earth and on the cross. And as we pass out, I I invite you to pray and uh, use this time to draw closer to the Lord. And as you do, the praise team is going to lead us in worship. And then when everyone has uh, the bread and and the, the juice, we will participate together.
All right, does everyone have elements out there? Is there anyone that we missed? All right, it's a, very, it's a real pleasure for me to be here with my church family tonight on this special night celebrating the Lord's Supper. Now, there's a direct line that points straight from the manger to that night. Uh, Jesus' earthly ministry began right there in that very humble state in Bethlehem. And here on the night before Jesus was crucified, at the very end of his ministry, he gathered together with his closest disciples in the upper room, and he celebrated the Passover meal. During that meal, he took those elements that would be uh, a normal part of that meal, and he repurposed them, and he gave them new meaning, connected them to the sacrifice that he was about to do on the cross on our behalf. And he, he told us to remember that sacrifice. And that's what we do tonight. We remember and we celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in this observance. We believe that the bread is symbolic of his body. We believe that the fruit of the vine, this cup, represents the blood that was poured out as an offering for sin. It's not a sacrament in, in that it does not add to our salvation, but surely only those who are in right relationship with God could find meaning in this and partake of this Holy Communion. Paul warns us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of our Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in doing so, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So that night, the Bible tells us that Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And as they ate the meal together, as we are tonight, he then, in the same way, took the cup, also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. Then finally he said, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And that's my invitation for you tonight, <clears throat> not only tonight, tomorrow especially, but throughout the year, proclaim Jesus Christ. Eagerly await his coming and remember the sacrifice that started way back in the manger, culminated on the cross, and gave us victory over sin and death. As they were dismissed that night in song, we shall as well. Uh, Miss Kelly will be singing a beautiful song, we all know, and as she finishes the song, we will be dismissed, and I want to wish you Merry Christmas.